This is the Bard Brothers Podcast. It's a weekly podcast where I, Nicholas, compete against my brother in pulling out toe hairs and see who tears up first. This should be invigorating. <laughs> Sounds terrible. That does sound terrible. Something. Oh, I like had to tape my toes together or something because yeah, it broke something or something. That sounds. Yeah. The removal process. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like it's. It should be like rock set. Like you put it in water, and the adhesive dissipates. No, nah, I just went and just ripped it out. That's what you do it with hurts. a bandaid. Yeah. It's like mm. pulling. It's like pulling nose hairs, but worse. I got my nose hairs pulled. Yeah, you did. I, I remember seeing that. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't yeah. that bad. No, no. Mike, 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 Mike. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. I had to explain mm-hmm. to Uncle Chris and Aunt Susie uh. why you were on the internet. Really? Getting, getting your nose hairs pulled. Why? They see it? Uh, they found you somehow. Oh, I think I was showing them something. And then like, I'm like, oh, hey, this is, this is uh, our buddy Talon. And then like, the, the video was of them pulling oh, out your yeah. nose hair. The thumbnail is my face. Yeah. yeah. No, cause, uh, yeah, I think Aunt Susie was like, oh. That's Michael. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, probably shouldn't watch that. Felt weird. I mean, it wasn't It wasn't a bad episode. Nothing bad happened. Well, nothing bad happened. But you got your nose hair spooled. You know they're there for a reason. I know. And, and I, immediately after, I was like, you know what? Think about all the extra debris that's now coming into my body. We also Dude, I'm going to have to get, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really have to up my uh, essential oil intake. What's well, a to ward off those evil spirits coming in through my nose holes? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Do you remember uh, there was an interview with who was that? Jamie Thomas. Remember that the that's the skateboarder. Okay, the guy yeah. That, yeah uh-huh. did, like yeah. the yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, like twenty set. Yeah. Set, Whatever. Yeah. We had the, like yeah the leap of faith or something. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. stairs. It wasn't no actually that wasn't the stairs that was like a the was like second a floor of a school onto the first floor. Oh. Yeah, it was but, cool. Yeah. Either way, super cool. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading an article with him and him saying that the, one of the worst decisions he's ever made in his life was to shave his eyebrows. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, it makes you look like a fucking weirdo. Did he not replace them with something? Well, no, I think he just went like just full born, like shaved his head and shaved his beard. And like just was went. Was he trying to like cover up a crime? I don't know. I'm not trying to leave any DNA evidence. I've seen CSI, uh, bro. I know how this shit works. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen The Wall from the Pink Floyd movie. Super weird. <laughs> um, no, but he said, that he's like, and then I realized that I skateboard professionally for a living uh-huh. uh, and I sweat a lot. And he oh. goes, you forget how much yeah. sweat collects in your eyebrows and it keeps it. It's like a dam keeping sweat out of your eyes. Mm. Goes, when you don't have eyebrows anymore. I you don't have that, Dan. Right <laughs> it just goes right in your eyes. He's yeah. like, so yeah, we're decision shaving eyebrows. Interesting. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Those you think about all those people that shave off their eyebrows and draw them in. Oh, like James Brown. He had those tattooed on there. Well, tattoos don't catch no sweat. They don't catch no sweat. Mm-mm. And they look fixed. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Man. God brought the soul. Yeah. Turned into a crazy person. We'll do a podcast on him. We'll do a Bobcast on him one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, just gold weighted up real good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, actually, that might be, I'm sure there's probably some very interesting. Gold, don't you remember like the, the, the last time he was in the news? That wasn't his death previous to that? Was that him? He like took a gun into like a Popeyes? Something like that. Some like fried chicken joint and like, I don't know, made a scene, held some people up. He seems like the kind of person that likes to make a scene. Oh, dog. He, he Get on like, up! He seemed like a guy like to do some drugs. <laughs> grab his fucking revolver, jump in his fucking, you know, 1987 Cadillac Eldorado. Oh, God. You know, go to you, the nearest Popeyes oh, and make a Mike, fucking scene. You know he had those hundred spokes. Dog. They were gold. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the records on my wall. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. So, it's probably time to jump into my story. Should we? I don't know. We can continue talking nah, about James, James uh, Brown's yeah, I don't think fake yeah. eyebrows. No, we'll have to do this. Well, you, because, you know, you've met. Have you met James Brown's last wife? Yeah. And his child? Yeah. I think they're still, like, battling over the I'm sure estate they are. With, uh, I'm, I'm sure, a bunch of other people. Uh, yeah, an exorbitant. That's what man. happens when, when people die with money and don't have their, their affairs, in order. affairs in order. It is yeah. unfortunate. And yeah, and well, anytime anybody dies with money, people just get super yeah, shitty. Yeah, no, people get super shitty. Yeah, you really know who your friends are. Well, yeah, well, yeah, do they? And like, family just gets real. They get real dirty, nasty. Yeah, nasty, nasty yeah, folks. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of nasty, that's like actually a decent segue. Speaking of nasty folks, do you know who Martin Screlly is? No. So you might have seen his name, and I never really knew how to pronounce it. It's Martin. It's S. S H K R E L I. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Martin Shkreli. Okay. Let's call him Shkreli from now on. Shkreli. Wicked, All right. So I'm just, just going to jump wicked. into the story, and you'll, okay. sooner or later you'll figure out who he is. Okay. All right. So he grew up in Brooklyn. Okay. So As he, most Shkrelis do. Right? <laughs> Come on. Act like you know a Shkreli. Come on. Uh, he was born to Albanian Croatian parents who had recently immigrated to the United States after a brief arranged marriage. Oh, they were both employed as janitors and had an extremely hard time supporting their four children, including little Matten. He was born on April Fool's Day, nineteen eighty-three. Okay, okay, eighty-three. Oh, He's yeah. pretty young. Okay, you're the pig. Mm, makes sense. Oh, it will make more sense. All right, so. And then, and then think about this too. As of 2015, mm-hmm. his parents were still living in the same Brooklyn apartment that this guy had grown up in in 2015. Okay. okay. We'll get back to that later. Get back to it already. So, this guy, 1983, he was born. In mm-hmm. 1990, he played chess with an older dude named Marty who lived in his apartment building and taught him about biotech stocks. All right. Okay. okay. So, uh, Guy taught taught him, you know, it was it was like his mentor, and Screlly was a he was a he's a, he's a super smart kid, super bright bright dude. Mm-hmm. He bought shares of Compaq when he was twelve years old. Oh, bought shares of Amazon when he was fifteen. Okay, okay. So bump up ten years. He's six. You know, he's in the two thousands. He drops out of high school. He drops out of a prestigious high school. He. uh interned for Kramer Berkowitz and Co which is the uh, CNBC Mad Money like w- with a uh, yeah Jim Kramer you yeah, know yeah. he inter- he uh, interned with his firm uh and he uh 
during this time, like he started getting obviously getting into trading further and further and harder because he was he was making money. Yeah, kid was making money. Um, and he actually his first like first issue was in the early two thousands when he shorted a biotech stock and the stock fell and he fucking made a bunch of money and mm-hmm. he was invested by the SEC for insider trading because they were like you know come hey on. come on. So he realized that he was really good at shorting tech stocks and okay. biotech stocks because all these, you know, all these companies have all these investors and this and that, but so many of them just fucking fall because their stuff doesn't go through. Yeah. You know, pat, you know, patents don't get secured, whatever, you know, technology doesn't, doesn't, doesn't actually ever come to anything. Yeah. So he realized there's a ton of money in shorting stocks. Um, so he ended up actually getting his business degree in 2004. He worked for a couple of management companies, and then he started his own hedge fund in 2009. It was called MSMB Capital Management. Um, obviously, he named it after himself. Of course. Um, and he began this like career of professionally shorting biotech stocks and then just like going onto social media and being a fucking complete douchebag to them. And like talking <laughs> shit about how like yeah. he made money off of their losses and this and that. Um, he during this time with his hedge fund, you know, a hedge. So like I guess well for uh, briefly we'll define like shorting. Shorting a stock is when you basically place a bet that a, sh- a stock is going to fall. So you say they're at a dollar now. You know I'm going to basically bet that if if they fall below 50 cents you know i'm gonna put this amount of money on and if it ends below 50 cents you basically get the bounce if they end up above that you owe that Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know if i could do that oh it's there's you ever have you ever sports betted never no I think I did like one, maybe one time. Mm-hmm. I, I had money on something, and it was such a small, minuscule, minuscule amount of money. But, bro, my heart was like beating out of my chest, and I had, <laughs> I could not enjoy anything about the game. And I would like it. It was awful. <laughs> and so yes, this guy he did it professionally, and he would look and and figure out where these companies' weaknesses were, and he'd do his best to exploit them. Yeah. So when he, you know, he taught like he saw a big thing coming, but then read that like the FDA was not, you know, giving their okay to certain drugs that he would, he would go and he would short those stocks and wait for them to fucking plummet. And then he would, you know, dip out. So he felt this about a company called Orexigen Therapeutics. I think they were a, uh, weight loss medication that they had that was going for FDA approval, but he had like this sure bet that they weren't going to, uh-huh. and they didn't. But so he shorted he shorted the stock, and it ended up it was like he needed it to go above or below a buck fifty per share, but it didn't. It ended up at like a buck seventy five or something like that, mm-hmm. and he was out seven million dollars. Go, and he secured that seven million dollars through. JP Morgan or one of the lending houses, but he did not have the money to pay it back in his fund. So, you know, he's like, okay, we're kind of fucked, but I got this. We'll I'll make, we'll make up the money somehow. It's no big deal. So he keeps pushing off and pushing off and pushing off. $7 million is a pretty big deal. 
Yeah, but if you're, I mean, if you're playing around with other people's money and they're giving you, you know, a million dollars pop here, two, you know, quarter million yeah, dollars okay, here, okay. you know, you got yeah. money to play with. So if you're good at doing this, make it up, yeah. pay off the bank, make more money, pay off your investors, hedge, you know, the fund is still secure, everybody wins. And I was kind of worried. That's actually exactly where he started getting in trouble. So, okay. Um, on top of the seven million dollars, he lost another million dollars in other trading lawsuits, mm-hmm. um, and he had like sixty thousand dollars in assets. Golly! So at that point, they would just like stop trading because he's like, "I have no money. Just I, I got no money." Yeah. And the fucking banks are knocking on the door, being like, "Okay, well, we need our money. We can't just sit here and give you a, a huge fucking tab to run up and do whatever you want with our money." Yeah. You borrowed this money, you put it down, you lost it all, you need your money back. So, get money for fake mustaches, Brian. <laughs> Where's my money, Brian? Where's my money? So he uh, he continues to send all his investors progress reports about MSMB Capital, and they're all positive. Oh yeah, there we go. Healthy, yeah. Pulling in like at least ten hey, percent returns. Hey, Mike. You know what you do? What you do? When in doubt, uh huh. You fucking lie. Oh, it's true. I mean, I learned that you from Dane Cook. Fucking lie. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he. He stops trading and he creates a new company called Retrofin. And Retrofin is a new company that he creates that's about buying out uh, other other biotech companies and this and that. And he gets more investors to jump on there. And so he starts taking those investors' money, yeah, little, 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 little Charles Ponzi, and uh, kicks it to them. So these people are getting their they're they're getting their money back. Got good reports. All things are well. Ships upright. No problems. Mm, um, man. What's, what's wrong with that? I can tell you during that, Forbes named him the 30 under 30 in the finance list. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Oh, man. Yep. What? Something, something bad with that? Uh, yeah. Because he's a thief and a liar. What if I were to tell you that his hedge fund okay. who's doing extremely well per his reports yes do correct. you know what they who what company they invested in retrofin his company shit so it's it's, uh, it's a cyclic it's a cycle cycle it's a cycle it's a cycle yeah, but but when you go back to the other spot you mm-hmm. go down the drain when nobody got money no it go down cuz you know what the circle is mike uh, it's a zero yeah so he started like straight up. He just, but during all this time, he was still getting all these because he's on the fucking Forbes list. Yeah. He's, he's super whiz kid. He's like 20 fucking five or seven while this is all God going on. God bless him. God you know, bless him. He's just living this rock star life. He starts getting on like Twitter and shit hard, YouTube living like his life and just buying all this stupid shit and just like, dude, just being like, yo, I got fucking money in the bank. That reminds me of the, uh, the fire festival guy. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's oh, it's totally like that. Yeah, He's just a complete a P actually no more. Worse. Actually, same. Who, same who who who's who's worse? This guy. Yeah? And I'll get into that. And you, and this is awesome. this is when you will realize who I'm talking about. Yeah. Because it gets worse. Yeah, love it. So um cool. retro the 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 retrofin investors catch on to the deal and realize that he's fun they're, they're funneling the money, <laughs> yeah. His fund, his his hedge fund has invested in that. 
he's paid off the hedge fund based on the people that invested in Retrofin. But he he does like it catches on and people realize it that have invested in Retrofin. But he settles with the investors because at this point he's making money. He's still doing what he's doing because he's taking these people's money. He's not only paying other people back, but he is investing. investing okay, he is making money. Okay, so he good. settles for eleven million dollars for the people that had issues that were being like, yo, I bought stock Retrofin. Retrofin is just basically paying off these head fund people. And mm-hmm. so he ended up settling and he was cool. Although he didn't ask for the board's approval f- on Retrofin. Okay. So he just basically paid off. Like he created this whole new company. They had no idea. Mm-hmm. He used the money, funneled the money away, then ended up paying the people off that had anything without, with completely unbeknownst to the, the board that actually, because Retrofin, I believe, it was a publicly traded company as well. That's like seriously, serious <laughs> clusterfuck. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Um, because Retrofin like, was how like, it, how at twenty five do you figure all this out, dude? The guy, like, the guy a, is a that fucking is, genius. That is impressive. The guy is a genius. There's no no doubt about it. He's a piece of shit, but he's a genius. Yeah. Um. So, you know what it is, Mike? What's that? It's that Croat blood in him. It is. It Smart is. people. Yes, we yeah. come from smart people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, the funny thing is, so he, he was making these, he was settling with these investors, mm-hmm. right? Okay. To the tune of $11 million. God. Under the guise, under under retrofit. So he was in, he was paying, he was settling unbeknownst to the, to the board. And do you know how it was unbeknownst to the board was that he told, it was under the guise of him paying these investors consultation fees. Mm, okay. So that's how like the company was like, yeah, we uh, we spent eleven million dollars on 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 paying these, and he was like, oh yeah, another consultant. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Everything's good. Oh man. So like so at the at the end of the day, like nobody knew. It yeah. was all good. It it kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. The company didn't know. The investors were pissed, but they got their money back. Yeah. So at the end of the day, do do do. Everything is fine except for Retrofin, retro who was like getting fucking royally jammed up yeah. as a company. Um, so a year later, they figure out kind of what's going on, and they vote him out as a, as a CEO, to which he went on to Twitter and was like, these fuckers are fucking batshit crazy, losing money, you know, like yeah. a cash cow like me, this and that. So the next year, he forms Touring Pharmaceuticals in February 2015. Okay, and he bought the rights. So w- during this time, and what what Retrofin was doing, and then touring for s- pharmaceuticals, they were buying what they call orphan drugs mm-hmm. that are drugs that were not com- not extremely marketable because they had a small market base yeah. for things you know like yeah know, like rare diseases re- and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so ge- like generic companies didn't want to buy it up, you know for a billion dollars so they could make money all over the planet. Yeah. So he would buy these up and that's, that's where they would make their money. So, and this is where it's going to turn in where this might start sounding familiar to you. So okay. he forms touring, touring pharmaceuticals in, in uh, February 2015 and he buys the market rights to Daraprim, which is a toxoplasmosis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Treatment for AIDS patients. Yeah. Okay. Um, during this time, in like less than a year, Retrofin turns around and sues him, 
sues him personally for $65 million, Go. realizing that he used the company's assets to pay off all his hedge fund investors. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So while that's going on, uh, he decided to slightly increase the price of Daraprim for profit. What's, uh, what's slightly? 5,000%. <laughs> So it went from thirteen dollars uh, a pill to seven hundred and fifty dollars a pill. Golly! Mm-hmm. To which he was immediately labeled <laughs> the most hated man in America because it was like literally it was like the 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 AIDS medication of of choice AIDS treatment of choice. Yeah, he, he just fucked <laughs> everybody. So seven hundred dollars a yeah, pill. Seven hundred and fifty dollars a pill from fifteen dollars. Man, mm-hmm. that's some dirty shit. Yeah, but he defended it. He had people to pay off, <laughs> and he's you know more or less, actually not more or less, straight to the point. He said that any anybody and everybody who needed it would figure out a way to pay for it. Wow, that's good. Is that is that a quote unquote? It's a it's a it's a rough translation of multiple tweets and whatnot. Okay. Of him defending so it's probably, his it was price probably hike. more like a elaborate douchey way. Yeah, oh no, but he no. This guy is dude straight to the point. On Twitter, the mm-hmm. dude's like a f- he's a he's an he's a fucking asshole. A complete asshole. Asshole, asshole, asshole. Cool. Yeah. Um so he got he turned up he turned up turned up the volume in September on that pill. Uh got sued in August in October, he made a twenty-seven hundred dollars do- donation to the Bernie Sanders campaign, and Let's Sanders see. rejected the donation and sent it to an HIV clinic. Oh <laughs> man! Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, I don't like Bernie Sanders, but that's pretty good. He uh, he went on to Twitter and said, "So angry at Bernie Sanders, I could punch a wall." Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. After that. In uh, November, mm-hmm. he bought Calo Bios Pharmaceutical. They owned the rights to a drug called benzodiazole that treats Chaga, Chaga's disease. I don't know what it is. But and then he just immediately was like, yep, no, we're going to raise the price on that. Um, once, once it, re- once it, uh, at the time, mm-hmm. it wasn't approved by the FDA. But he, he was like, no, once it does, bump that, bump that thing up. And then, I mean, people aren't stupid. The price once he said that, mm-hmm. the share price of Calobios went up four hundred percent. Holy shit! Actually, it wasn't even after he said that. It's after he bought the company. Shares went up four hundred percent because they were like, "Oh, dude, this dude's gonna make some money." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the guy, seriously, the guy made money after, after, like, through all of this and you know, all this yeah. shittiness, all these paying off people. He was still making tens of millions of fucking dollars. Jesus. Um. You know, yeah, a little, little side note. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, super loaded, super stupid. Um, during this time, he spent, he he transferred, actually, I'll kind of go back a little bit. He was approached by Kanye West's label and was like, yo, we know you're into that Brooklyn hip hop. You're You're a homie. You can buy Kanye West's album and keep it all for yourself. $15 million. No. So he transferred $15 no, million dollars in Bitcoin to the dude that he was buying it from. 
known as Daquan, and that Daquan ghosted. No <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> yeah. No. Yep. Had n- had nothing to do with the label. No nothing. What? Complete scam. Got scammed out of fifteen million dollars in Bitcoin. Oh my god. And I, like the funny thing, like that Red is like. And it's not sure if he's gotten his money back. He did not. He did not. No, get fucking my Bitcoin, not. bro. What yeah. are you going to do? Oh, it's I not PayPal. If, like, I wonder if you got back this untraceable cryptocurrency. Uh, I'd like to start a trouble ticket. <laughs> he <laughs> he did not provide. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a kind of a fun one. Um, but so during all. <laughs> that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um but because that was kind of in line. So that took place a little bit after he also went and announced uh, there, there was a, a, a purchase of Wu-Tang Clan's one album. They made an album and had one copy pressed. Okay. And it's over $2 million. He bought it. And so he came out on YouTube live and was or some shit and was like, yo, that was me that bought it. Blah, blah, blah. You have to read this dude's Twitter. He's a piece of shit. Like he, he like just this like super braggadocio, just, New York fucking piece of shit. Oh, like God. wannabe gangster. But he like looks he's like the most fucking milk toast little <laughs> nerd looking dude. Um, oh, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit later after he buys that Wu Tang album and he gets fucking picked up and arrested for securities fraud. Cool. He strongly I was wondering strongly what was taking so long. <laughs> denied the yeah, right. Denied the charges. Uh, and he posted $5 million on bail. He posted $5 million on bail from his, I want to say, $45 million E-Trade account. Jesus. Yeah, fucking cash. Just, there you go, five grand or five million. No problem. Um, Yikes. Yep. He formally, at that point, stepped down as the CEO of Turing Pharmaceuticals and then just started like YouTube Live like crazy, like five hours a day. Just being like, yo, these motherfuckers don't got shit on me. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to beat this. All these fucking government can suck my dick. All this, sh- like, just talking. So you just poke that bear? Mad shit. Oh, yeah. Dude, con- consistently, consistently poke the bear. And you don't want to hear what happens when you poke bear. Mm. It rape you. <laughs> is, there, um, is there a raping coming? Well, the, okay, so it's the funny thing, right? So he's like the the king of raping, right? Yeah. With the pills and whatnot. Yeah. He did hire a lawyer at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, not if you're innocent, you don't need a lawyer. That's <laughs> what they tell <laughs> stupid people. <laughs> uh, but no, so he actually, uh, when he w- in 2015, he, mm-hmm. when he was was arrested for this for securities fraud, he hired Harlan Dornison. Uh, who billable rate $1,200 an hour. Gee. Which, I mean, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. No no doubt yeah, about yeah. it. When <laughs> he turned around and was like, oh yeah, that's usually what I bill. I'm going to be charging $60,000 an hour for you. Gah. Yeah. <laughs> to which he came out and was like, that is outrageous and inhumane. That is price gouging, all this shit. I was like, you get you get, you get, get the irony yeah. of all that? Goes around, comes around. Okay. He's like, my brother has AIDS. Fuck face. 
So he 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 actually has to like postpone his court date because he he has to try and get new get new representation. Yeah, he ends up uh, hiring Benjamin Brofman, who's like this, who's actually like kind of a lovable character in this whole thing. He's like this short little fucking dude, pit bull lawyer. Like went to night school while he was a like a, a waiter, and he did like stand up comedy to pay his way through law school, and then literally turned himself into one of the greatest criminal attorneys in new york that's cool yeah i like that yeah no he's good he's okay um the funny thing is at this point this dude's face his like he was the most hated man in america like Mm -hmm. the daily beast you know which is the daily beast said like that was what they branded him and every he was on the news like the there wasn't a ton of shit going on so it was all about this little piece of shit fucking 26 year old kid that was hiking all the prices on these drugs up and making tens of millions of dollars and this and that. So like everybody knew who this guy was. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's getting taken up on in court. So he's got to get a jury. Oh yeah. So they had, they went through something like 260 jurors before they could find like whatever 12 and four alternates or whatever it is. Yeah. Jesus. Because, like, do people, like, it just came up and were like, do you know who this person is? Yep. Would you be able to, you know, do your duties as a juror? Well, you know, blah, blah. like, nope. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> like, is there anything no, impartial yeah. about, about about what you could do to judge this guy? He was like, yeah, the only thing that I could find impartial is what fucking jelly went to. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like. Uh, imagine, like, every single person that walked in there. Yo, you know this guy? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Vinny. Yeah, dude, cool. Go dude, get him. Lower Manhattan court, yeah. like just a bunch of fucking people being like, "Yeah, guy's a fucking piece yeah. of shit." Like that okay, fucking next, guy. Next year, like I'm gonna fucking break his legs. Next year, <laughs> next year, like dude, yeah, two hundred and some. Don't make time. me take off this stained wife beard and fucking beat your ass. I cannot imagine. <laughs> and so, it's kind of funny because the thing that I've been reading from it, it just kind of uh, ended there. But mm-hmm. so he goes into court for this, and the funny thing is, is like. All of his investors mm-hmm. were paid off, so all the money he lost, he got back, and 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 then a ton. Yeah, paid off everybody. So they had these people coming in. They were like, "Did he defraud the system?" Yes. And then like the defense was, like, well, "Did you get all your money back?" Yes. And like, did did this happen? But did you get your money back? Yes. Like everybody, and so like that was their defense was. Where everybody got which their money. Which is kind of like even though he broke the law. Yeah. You got your money back. Everybody is whole. This and that, and so the whole time, like, dude, he's he he'd go out, and he'd leave the courtroom and sit there and just get on Twitter and be like, "Fuck you, motherfuckers! You ain't fucking catching this hood, fucking rat!" Like, fucking just like <laughs> oh, shit. shit. Which, like, if I was his lawyer, I'd be like, "Yo, no." The Twitter is like, no. Nah. I'd be like, 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 like what I would say to Donald Trump. Just be like, just don't. Just put your fucking phone down. Just act yeah. like it wasn't there. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like we are literally like this is your this is life. You you know, it's not life in prison, but it's like your life. You are going to go to jail. You need to you know sway the 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 hearts and minds. Yeah, at least not try. Be such a piece of shit. Yeah, but consistently through everything, he came out and was like, <sighs> nope. There's no fucking way they're gonna send me to jail. I got this shit. Fuck the government. This and that. Like they're just jealous and this and like um. So I mean, fa- fast. So that that I mean, that's most 
interesting stuff. Fast forward, he did. He 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 lost. He got uh, what? He got brought up on charges. He got no. But it's only he got like a minimum of six years, five years. Um, so he's in jail now, and he actually just got got uh, he was just in the news like a week ago, because come to find out, he was running some new company with a fucking counter or um contraband cell phone. And he was like running, I don't know if he was running the company that he left or he was running a new company, but he was still running a company from jail doing trades. No shit. Yep. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Yes, that's Martin Screlly. What a fucking piece yeah. of shit. He had, to, he had to sell that Wu-Tang. I think that was part of it. He had to, he was ordered to sell the Wu-Tang Clan album. Man, you know they ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. What a fucking garbage human being. Yeah. You don't like people like that, Mike. You know? No. No, I, I I, don't. He literally was a complete piece of shit. And, I mean, it's impressive that he was born, you know, his parents were two janitors in Brooklyn. And then I want to circle back to the fact that they're, in 2015, they're still living in their same apartment. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you during the middle of your story mm-hmm. if that was uh, if that was something. Yeah. I was like, he bought a... He got scammed for $15 million worth of Bitcoin. And his parents are still living in the same shitbox apartment. Yeah. But it, it, it could have been just the way that, that, that he was raised and everything because... Again, in in the in the he had a 2015 interview mm-hmm. that at least he described his apartment. It was like IKEA furniture, an Xbox, guitars, bookshelves full of full of like books and stuff, and a uh, a Picasso. He had a, he had a real Picasso, but other than that, it's a super kind of dorm room feel. Sure, roots. sure, 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 sure. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Sure. What a fucking man. Right? Yeah, people suck, dude. Garbage, garbage people. <laughs> and not the people that pick up your garbage, because they're usually good people. Trash people. He is a legitimate garbage person. Garbage. Garbage motherfucker. So how much of that sounded I mean, you you you've seen he was he was called the farmer bro. Was like what he was dubbed by the the media. Um a couple of those companies that you named uh, um, sounded familiar in like the the drugs as well. Yeah, like Daraprim. Yeah, yeah. Cause they, who did the EpiPen thing? I don't think that was. I don't think that was him. Oh, uh, what? I, I'm trying to find a picture of this Martin Scarlett guy. Oh, oh, it's oh yeah, it's S S K. Oh, there he is. S H K. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, look at this fucking photo. Mm-hmm. Kev? But no, but if you read his Twitter tweets Twitter tweets. Twitter tweets. If you read his Twitter tweets, he's straight up like Yo, come at me, bro, what you gonna do? kind of shit. Man. Yeah. And the whole thing, like in and during his defense and stuff, they basically they were like, yo, this this guy's on the spectrum. No one understands him. They're just trying to beat up on him. He's just sitting here trying to make his money, trying to help out everybody. 
Just a just a good, slightly touched autistic, smart genius that nobody understands. No, that's what I mean. That's what they try to portray. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a bunch of uh, malarkey. Yeah, great word by the way. But uh, oh yeah, no EpiPen was not him. Mm -hmm. But they raised their price in two thousand seven from fifty dollars per to six hundred dollars for a two pack. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was like that was the. That was the, f- uh, it was probably wasn't the first, but it was the first one that I remember that was like a big nationwide, yeah. like, F these people. Yeah. I know. think there's uh, a, I think there's one going on right now with uh, a diabetes medication that they did that. That's huge. Yeah. But it I mean, like think a, about it. Did you raise the price? Like, even if you raise it to something, it's not obviously 5,000%, but yeah. like you raise it, you raise it a dollar. How many people are on med- on diabetes medication in just the the in North America alone? Yeah, way too many. Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's like instant that's, fucking money. I forgot where I think I was listening to the NPR. They were talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they made it. Sh- it was one of those like where it went from like twelve dollars mm-hmm. to like a hundred and something dollars. Yeah. Like a unit. Mm-hmm. You know, like something that somebody mm-hmm. goes through a day. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was crazy because it's like the the guy that was like doing the article is like he's like <clears throat> I think he had he had type one diabetes and he was like he's like yeah he's like you know what happens if you don't take that medication you fucking die well you know here's my deal if you need it you'll pay for it <laughs> I don't care if you're fucking sucking dicks in alleyways bro if you need <laughs> it you'll pay for it <laughs> you'll find a way exactly it's either honest live or die yeah. I, I, it's not my job. It's not. I, I, it's not. It's none of my concern. The quality of your life. Yeah. If I anything, ha- I give you life. That's Do true. Do you not want this medication? It could be non-existent. I'll pull it off the shelf. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, and and I hate that. That's the way we that take all major forms of credit card <laughs> diners club no longer accepted. It's true. Um, I hate that. That's how all of the the big pharmaceutical companies or even you know it, pharmaceutical companies in general that's how they've become you know like granted the amount of money that they've spent in researching and stuff like that like you know obviously they have to make their money back at some point well it's fine i get it i get i get i get return on the the development cost of something but yeah yeah but that's usually paid off before they were able to release the generic and especially with all, with any publicly traded company you can see their profit and loss like you understand like okay this is what the expenses you had in creating something you yeah know, it won't be as defined as like that product per se but you know the money that went in you know the money they took in yeah come the fuck on you know it's like it's it's like exxon Mobil and like all these you know airplane you know all the airlines and shit that are like oh yeah nope sorry we are we've been forced to now uh half we have to charge for baggage and this and this and Mm -hmm. this and this and this and And it's like oh oh flip side by the way all the airlines have created their you know largest profit numbers ever in existence ever yeah and it's like no i get you had to based on the, the the needs of your investors you didn't have to as an imperative to stay in business as a company yeah you know, and then on the flip side too, if I had a fuck ton of money, I'd probably be like, "Oh, yo, you fuck, you, you want your bag with you? You can go fucking fuck yourself. If you want to drive? You know, blah 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 blah." Yeah. I, I spent three hundred fucking fifty million dollars on this company. Like, I get it, but there's and it, it harkens back to like the Exxon episode, like greedy motherfuckers. Yeah, the difference between like their fifty-five million and their hundred million. 
You yeah. Know? yeah. It's how many people's deaths or, you know, absolute life shattering, you know, financial burdens. But that's $50 million to me. Yeah. You know? Fuck you. I don't know you. Yeah. I don't owe you anything. I'm just sitting here. I've, I've made all this money. I'm going to make more. Yeah. But I'm like, gonna keep yeah, making you've, it. But you've, you've, you literally like trashed people. And the thing about it too is like, so you fucked up this many people's worlds, but nothing is just, nothing is just the in, like individual. Like, yeah, okay, you screw that dude's life up. But what is he going to do now that his life screwed up? He's going to screw up other people's lives. Yeah, he's going to screw up his kids' lives. He's, he's going to screw up his, his kids' lives. lives. He's going to fuck it. Dude, yeah, he's go up and shoot up a fucking bank. You know, like, like yeah. D- you know, unhappiness begets more unhappiness. And that's yeah. all that you're doing is like, okay, well, it's you, uh, you know, victimless crime kind of shit. It's like, no, dude. No. 100%. You know, just like, just like again, you know, not to harken back to uh, Exxon, but like mm-hmm. all those dudes are like, okay, well, my job's, I have no money. My fucking business is gone. Yeah, their, you, yeah, you're, you were saying fall apart. Yeah, you were saying that like the uh, the amount of like domestic violence oh, yeah. and shit, alcoholism, and er- yeah. everything, everything bad increase, yeah. and that's all these people are doing. You know, because you know he's he's right. If somebody wants something, they will pay for it. But the oppor- you know, the opportunity cost, the cost of them actually having to now do that, has crushed people. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. Sad. It is. Again, another really shitty, shitty thing. People being shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to do an upbeat one. I got to figure out some upbeat one next. I don't think there's really any, like, real... I don't I don't even know how to describe the type of story that you've, you've kind of focused on here recently. Because you've, you've had some, some real doozies about people being real uh, <laughs> shitbags. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure there was some... Uh, like daughter, wife, man, child, beater one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay yeah. did not like that one. I recall her. I recall you saying that she was like, that was awful. <laughs> Do we put, is that one's posted? Yeah. yeah okay. That's a uh, McElroy. Yeah. His name was. Yeah. yeah. It's being a real fucking, but he got his in the end. Yeah. But he was, uh, he was on the loose for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Entirely. Yeah, that too end long. should have been like 20 years previously. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Huey Lewis said it best. Was it Huey Lewis? Who the fuck? Dirty, who wrote Dirty Laundry? Who performed Dirty Laundry? I'm pretty sure it's Huey Lewis. Is Huey Lewis in the news? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people people like Dirty Laundry, bro. That's true. I'm just, I'm just sitting here yeah, reporting. Yeah, I'm not the one making it up. Yeah. Is the head dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would have to say that the, those types of stories, they are more interesting, though. Quiet yeah. when we're on the set. Yeah. <laughs> like dirty laundry. <laughs> uh, you know what I need? What do you need? Some spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> yeah, let's say you want to take a break. Yeah, I want to take a little, little spaghetti meatball break. <clears throat> All right. You know, there, there's something that you really don't think about very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get to like the war stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Think about the amount of damage that gets done to cities, towns, infrastructure, stuff like that. Especially, you know, in the, well, even now, even nowadays too. Like I remember ripping through a town and just like laying some hate and just not giving a shit and just taking off, mm-hmm. not giving a fuck about anybody or wherever you're, whatever you were shooting was going, stuff like that. 
Okay. But something you don't you don't really think about is the what it actually does to the city, to the town, to the people, mm-hmm. to the infrastructure, stuff like that. And uh my story takes place during World War Two. You're talking about combatives though. What do you mean? Like going into a town full of combatives. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't, we weren't just going around killing yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I just want to make that clear. Yeah. That sound, it sounded sound, kind of. It sounded sound kind of like, like yeah, just uh, roll into a town and fucking throw some grenades and fucking no, light no, up no, some no, walls no, and then no, just no, bounce no, out. No. Yeah. No. no, I, no, no. I get, I'm just trying to clarify yeah, okay. for the listeners because I'm yeah, like, I'm like we're, we're, sounds yeah. like a war crime. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> but going back to like the infrastructure and stuff like that. So my story is during World War Two, um, and. And something that you know, I think most people know about was the the bombing of from the Luftwaffe, yes, in uh, the London, mm-hmm. right? The bombing of yes. London. They yep. just just dropped a shit ton of bombs over mm-hmm. London. Didn't give a fuck about what they were dropping it on. Dropped on anything and everything. Yeah. Um, and something to think about mm-hmm. is that the the River Thames, right? Mm-hmm. That river actually needs to be supported. Otherwise, all of London floods. Mm -hmm. And this was actually something that either was overlooked or they didn't think about. Um, But the Germans didn't realize all they had to do if they wanted to destroy London was take out... Like a dam or something? um, Embankments. Mm Mm-hmm. London, their civil engineers had, you know, obviously had built up and maintained these embankments because if they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the, the River Thames would take over and just yeah. sweep it out. Um, so my story is kind of about the unsung hero of why um, London didn't just completely flood during the bombing of London. Hmm. Um, so Mike, there's a gentleman by the name of Frank, uh, excuse me, Thomas Pearson, Frank and Thomas Pearson, Frank was like the head engineer, civil engineer, mm-hmm. uh, for London. It's probably <coughs> a dapper gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. He was, the, he was in this, uh, the society of civil engineers and he was kind of like the the lead shit on anything that needed to happen in yeah. London. And he was in charge of these embankments. And um, the the crazy thing is, with the amount of bombing and all that, mm-hmm. he never let those embankments go. Yeah. He had had his guys work all night, making sure, doing repairs, stuff like that. And it, I was like, when I was reading this whole story... And I was like, man, like they're talking about damages, d- dropping bombs and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, well, they were able to fix it. And it's like, I can't imagine what that must have been like. Because it doesn't seem like you would think one bomb in the right spot. You can't fix that. No. Rushing water, fixing rush, especially like yeah. with their technology at the time. Yeah. It, it couldn't have been. So, yeah. So I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, either. Yeah. Like. The Germans must not have known exactly what they need to do because legitimately, you take that out, London is a swimming pool. Yeah, I think they were they were more or less just trying to, to well, demolish yeah. the morale. Yeah, you know. Yeah, of, they were they were trying to get 
everybody that lived in London to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, just to pound them yeah. uh, morally. And the, yeah, so they're probably yeah dude, all the the biggest buildings you can find. Yeah. Dr- most populous areas. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if you, you know, you know yeah, how you strategically, really strategically, like, yeah, you if you want to kick somebody in the nuts, yeah, you kick them in the nuts. You don't go around and kick well, them in the thigh and. But no, but that I mean, I I mean, yeah, that 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 is valid. But like, I think they thought they were kicking them in the nuts. Yeah. But what they were doing was kicking them in the thigh when they didn't realize the nuts were right there. Yeah. You know. But it, I've never thought about that. Yeah. So it's actually. So they did over 120 repairs to the embankment during the uh, the bombardment mm-hmm. by the Luftwaffe. I just like saying that word. That's a good word. Luftwaffe. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, and they actually, they did it at night because they didn't want the people of London to realize that if that was gone, they were flooded. Yeah. So to, like to keep morale up, they... It was always in a like a. I guess it it always looked to everybody like it was fixed. But how do you even do that? Like how do you? I have no idea. But me, apparently, okay, like you, these guys worked all night, every night, making sure that that thing was sound structurally. Jesus. Yeah, and it's actually so. Yeah, they went the the entire time, and it never failed. Throughout the the amount of bombs that they dropped on London, um, it never failed. And you know what's great though, Mike? Mm. The um, the Thames Embankment Wall, mm-hmm. if that got knocked out and the river let loose, do you know what is one of the closest structures to that embankment? Parliament. Parliament. Yeah. So it like legitimately like yeah, if you wanted to just destroy everything all they had to do was hit that spot and boom parliament's gone yeah and then like how much how much like underground stuff there is oh yeah 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 so i thought that was uh pretty cool they actually ended up uh making him a a a knight good he was knighted after that and then they uh they actually just recently too did a uh they've got like a little plaque in his name because he, you know, he is the person that more or less saved London from flooding. Yeah. Uh, during those air raids, I just thought that was kind of which cool. would have caused a huge oh, amount of people dude, to leave. Dude, straight up, yeah. And, well, and like, like, and just infrastructure ruination. Well, and you gotta you gotta figure most of like the planning and stuff for the fight throughout Europe was done. Yeah, there out it, of London. Yeah, yeah out and London. if they. They flooded the whole thing. Everybody had to leave. Just imagine the the, the mass hysteria mm-hmm. that that would have caused. That would yeah. have been crazy. Yeah, no, but it would have been it would have been what they planned for originally. Yeah, to absolutely ruin the morale. Mm-hmm. Which yeah would have would have been a huge blow to the strategic planning of all the allied forces. But I, just, you know, I think it's funny too is that the way that they did it and the way that they repaired this and kept everybody kind of in the dark mm-hmm. it never reached the nazis yeah that that's They're what like hey yeah i mean <clears throat> and and you had to think that the government had a finger on that too like yeah. on the press it was like yeah you don't everything's good yeah buildings are fucked up for for sure they ruined us you yeah. know but yeah keep tight-lipped on this yeah that's yeah, a, that's yeah a, and that's you know they did it for you know and they had to 
They had to Jesus, do it for yeah, morale. You know what sounds really good? <laughs> Fixing broken embankments in the middle of the night in England. Yeah. That just sounds sounds like there was some, some oil cloths and some slickers. Probably, yeah, probably a fair amount of yeah, slickers, I would say. <laughs> Jesus, that sounds but terrible. I, but it's so funny because like the, the article that I was reading, it, it goes in, it gets like... <laughs> The Nazis were into making like, you know, the the early days of stealth technology and trying to build, you know, super soldiers and blah blah blah, and they couldn't figure out how to knock out an embankment. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like too simple. Yeah, you know, they were like, oh no, we have to get this building. It's like, you just have to get to one. It'll yeah, ruin everything else. Ruin everything else. Oh. Yeah, I thought that was so funny. Like just talking, you know, more people talking shit about the Nazis as they, as rightfully as they should. For sure. Uh, on October 29th, 2014, a commemorative green plaque, uh, funded by the Institution of Civil Engineers, um, was unveiled by the by Lord Mayor of Westminster uh, in his memory, just kind of commemorating the, uh, I guess the amazing feat that he performed with his rapid response teams, keeping those uh, embankment walls up. Because, yeah, otherwise there would be no more parliament in the Funkadelic. Or it'd be, like, more damp than it already is. Yeah, it'd be like a... Imagine if it was like a swamp. You know, like swamp people. Everybody loves swamp people. Well, they could be with the lizard people. They could be. I still have to go... So, like, I was thinking about <laughs> things to do. And I'm yeah. like, man, you know, I start I started this podcast with, like, my my intention being, like, conspiracy theories and stuff. I know. You're, you've... you've I've I've gone off yeah, the have. rails a little bit, and more or less just focus on shitty people. No, it's kind of good. It, you know, I like it though. But like, cause <laughs> like I can't, I I don't think I could do a podcast on lizard people. <laughs> like, Why not? That'd be so <laughs> fucking good. But like, Why not? Cause they're not lizard people. I mean, we know there's not lizard people, but people but believe. People, do. people believe, Mike. Like I I I used to listen to I used to, I. I Every now and again, I'll try to find podcasts that 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 pique my interest. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Those Conspiracy Guys, and they're like a bunch of Irish dudes, and they're all talking about uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And then they talk about you know the lizard people, and they have like a subterranean uh, like palace where they talk about things and they do things and they, and they run the whole entire world. And like I and those are the episodes where I'm like, skip. <laughs> I'm gonna skip the lizard people episode because like. You know, this is a hoax and this is a hoax. Like, I like to, yeah, I like to hear the like bullshit that people make up when they're sitting there, like doing stop motion, like going through video and being like, oh my God, look, it looks like that chick's doing this, you know, in the Boston bombing and things yeah. like that. But like lizard, like lizard people. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't. Duh, baby. You know, I, I kind of imagine, I feel imagine like, scat, dog. I feel like <laughs> Scully, you know? Yeah. Maybe they are Mulder and they have it right, but that's I'm true. I'm the I'm I'm the one that's that's trying to be you, you rational. Cynic, no, you I can't am be. a cynic. I am Diogenes. <laughs> so that's why I I've been doing you know stories about real soldiers. <laughs> no, well, sold, <laughs> well, yeah, project <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, you know, because I I've, I've been focusing on you know the I guess the shittier side of war and you know, soldiers, you know, doing amazing feats. And I thought maybe I'd do something a little different and talk about a civil yeah, we'll engineer. Throw back to the, yeah, the civilians that yeah kept shit up. Well, yeah. And that's like, when I was reading the story, the first thing that popped in my mind was like an old man with a broom 
after like the Avengers sitting there yeah. sw- like swooping up his shop because now there's all this you know broken debris and dust and shit from Captain America getting tossed through his and everybody storefront. everybody just talks about Captain America yeah and it's yeah. like this motherfuckers mm-hmm. you know and and that you know that's something that I don't think a lot of people do take into consideration you know, the after you know especially like a world war like a crazy air raid that w- happened in london the the effect that not only that it has obviously on the government you know and those types of people but the the people that live there you know they still have to go back and rebuild their lives after everything they had was destroyed yeah man yeah can you imagine like like air air raid si- uh, siren training and that yeah, type of stuff, and then like, well, yeah, going from that to like going back to the same place where, you know, you watched your neighbor's house get blown up after hearing those sirens. It's like, yeah. you know, it completely changes the way you you view because, you know, the, we we talked about morale, but the worst type of like the way you get your morale the lowest mm. is have something fucked up happen to you in your home. Yeah. And I mean, and it, the funny thing is bringing in Dane Cook's whole thing about where he broke into that dude's yeah. house. Um, Fucking batteries died. <laughs> <laughs> Young adopted son Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to wonder if it happened to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, because like obviously, like the UK, you know, London in particular, was able to bounce back and become an economic powerhouse. Yeah. Once again. In, in in hindsight, it seems almost immediately. But do you do you think that the fact that it happened to on such a large scale to so many people that like um because honestly, all those people they were in you know bunkers and shelters and doing yeah. with it, and then it bombed the shit out of complete downtown London. Yeah, and then they rebuilt it all, and then it was like business usual. If that happened to one person, like the 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 PTSD that you would have, yeah, that stayed with you for the rest of your life and i'm not saying that it didn't for everybody else but like but uh, it it happened that like in a a mass everybody else went through the exact same thing so it's not like well you have you have those those people that go through uh like the through major ptsd after you know if they're in like a a plane crash where yeah you know everybody lives but they still go through that type of horrific event you Mm -hmm. still have people you know and it and it goes everybody is affected by life altering events in different ways. Yeah. So I, I would imagine, you know, that there were some people that did, you know, that suffered greatly Yeah. through like, forever. you know, yeah, forever. Yeah. And then, the, you know, some people were like, Oh, I guess I got to build my fucking house again. You know, who just yeah, you it didn't really real, affect. Yeah. Like what it much. felt like, like a decade later. Yeah. You know, well, also in, in two, I think, I guess it being the way that it's that, London or England specific or London more specifically the way it's set up how the access to waterways mm. I think probably had a big deal to do with them getting like mainly like rubble and stuff in and out yeah relatively easily that's true that's a good um, point yeah, so, with, yeah without like ha- yeah, having to truck at all you could just put on a gigantic barge and get everything gone. Yeah. yeah yeah I'm sure that that probably had to do with them getting things rebuilt rather quickly yeah that's good and call. also um they're probably well you you had the war so you they probably had a shit ton more factories running and instead of running building weapons and stuff yeah. you you convert it to your need 
So I'm sure that they probably, you know, had things that were pumping out tanks and shit like that that they probably switched over to pumping out things for some yeah. type of relief, yeah. I beams and all that kinds of well, yeah, shit. Yeah, how much steel production there there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sure that was relatively and you know, you have a shit ton of guys coming home that need jobs. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was some type of relief agency. I, I that actually would be a pretty interesting thing to that read up be. on and see. Well, because that's the I mean, you never really hear about the 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 I mean we do in the States, but like the rebuilding effort, you know, especially of such like a metropolitan area. Yeah. That like it's not it it's known for people living in and doing yeah. white collar business in. It's not really known for you know yeah it's not like normandy beach mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you people don't go there for vacation or they don't yeah they don't go there to go sign their fucking lease agreement and trade on the stock market and shit yeah crazy crazy man. Yeah, i thought that was good that was yeah. a good one that was good yeah like a little banter kind of stretched that a little bit thank god because that was a very short story <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well thank you again for listening i would also like to thank the Junkyard Storytellers, for providing us an awesome intro song. And you always have to thank them because you don't want to make the Russians mad. That's true. Apparently I, apparently I was talking to um, one of our listeners, and apparently I have some deep heat, uh, deep-seated hate for the Russians. Do you? I guess that's the way it comes off. <laughs> I mean, early on, we throw, Maybe. Some, we throw some shade. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, we talk, we do talk about Russian spies quite a bit in the early episodes. Yeah, it is a little bit more conspiracy related. It is. Well, it, you know, actually, at that point that we started recording, I mm. was listening to a lot more early Tom Clancy. Oh, audiobooks. The Reds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of yeah. Well, it's a you little, know. but yeah, cool. As we just added like two minutes to the podcast. That's cool. They're still trying to attack us. Yeah, they are. So, I mean. Putin? Yeah. Look at my server logs. Russians still at it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yes, please. Rate, review, subscribe. Positively. Yeah. No, no, yeah. If you're (laughs) going to give us like a, because you can't give a zero star. If you give us a one star. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just like, f- just act move, like you did. Feel like you did. Yeah, move your finger over. You. I think it's about like an inch. It's only, it's, I mean, it's only four stars away from perfect. So yeah, just move it over to the five one and push that. That's cool. Appreciate it. But keep it inside you. Hate's still there. Yeah, you bury that. It comes out eventually, usually in a murderous act. Bye. Bye. <laughs>